Hey, Susanna, yeah. great to have you here on this uh, Nine Dots podcast. Like, how's it going? Really good. How are you? Thank you for having me here. You know, it's a pleasure. To be fair, I've been like a fan of your work for like, you know, a quite a long time, to be fair. And uh, I've always wanted to like have a chat with you and stuff like that. So like finally get the chance to do that. So yeah, it's awesome. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you, actually. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've followed your work for a, a, like at least two, three years, I think. I don't know. So, someone mentioned you once upon a time. And then I was just like, oh, let me check her work out. And I saw it and I'm yeah. like, wow, this is like really good work, you know. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Let's start from the beginning. Like, you know, how did you get into wedding photography and like why why wedding photography? You know, this is always the hardest question to answer. Like it's it's so weird sometimes. Like I think I've given everyone different, different answers every time, but mainly because I, I was always um into creativity. Like I was always into art. Um before, like you mentioned, as you know, me being a full-time scientist, I was actually a painter. So oh, really? I used to spend a lot of time painting and doing art. And uh, I kind of got into science at some point and I was like, oh, I need a, a living. I need some kind of like, you know, some stability in life. Uh, you know, this is how our culture kind of feeds us yeah. and takes us into that kind of route, right? So I kind of got into that. And then, but I think that part of me was still very much into like art. So I, I did a diploma in art and design uh, in Campbell University of Arts. And then um, from there onwards, I was like, let's just pick up a camera and see how it works. Like keep it as a hobby. And I have no idea. I, one poor guy called my friend, called me up and said, can you please just capture my wedding? And I was like, do you trust me? And he was like, I trust you. <laughs> and that's really? exactly how I got into wedding photography. Yeah. Just from there, I, I started posting it on Facebook on a page. Yeah. And people started seeing it like local community, local families and local friends. And they started kind of like giving out my work to people that they, they knew. And then it just kind of built like a layer after layer. and yeah and we just kind of got out there somehow from wow. a stream to a river to a sea really yeah that's cool i mean how long have you been doing uh wedding photography for uh it's been 11 years now wow oh it's, it's pretty much the same as me to be fair started out yeah. at the same time yeah wow amazing wow yeah there you go <laughs> and how long have you been a scientist for then okay so that's uh i would say i've been a scientist for the last six years now okay that's yeah that's like hard, like juggling between the two, like five days a week, scienting, scienting. Yeah, scienting. New word. yeah. <laughs> I like that's that. Nice new word that I like to make up. Yeah, like, you know, being a scientist and then like, you know, weddings on the weekends and stuff like that. Like, how do you, how do you manage it all? Like fitting it in along with like editing and, you know, just, I mean, I don't know how people do it because like I get clients that WhatsApp me at like ridiculous times or during the day always calling do you think we should have an led screen do you think this color of this uplighting is good and like how do you how do you juggle between the two honestly i think uh the real answer is i really don't know but the the answer that i would like to tell you is that <laughs> i think it's really about um my lifestyle the way i've built it and to be honest with you it's just being able to just organize time um I've always been this very <laughs> methodical person so i i always think about how i'm going to plan out my entire day um but of course it doesn't go according to plan right so you have random moments where people spontaneously call you or people spontaneously kind of like want things from you mm. and at that point I just respond like an initial response to say hey I'm a little busy but I will contact you in the afternoon when I'm free so it's just that I, and I think that's what really brings out like a relationship between like 
you and the business that you're doing is having that communication. Um, even if it's just a minute going, hey, I'll, I'll call you back. But the, the main thing is remembering to call them back. Yeah, right? yeah. As, as people that we're so busy, we just forget so quickly. Do not do that. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you, by the way. I'm, I actually think I'm better at communicating with people than I am being a photographer. Like, I, I've built my business on communication. Like, literally, I know people say it loads of times, like, communication is the key. But, like, what you've just said in, in a, like, a little bit is, like, a really big piece of nugget that people, I think, should take away. Because just acknowledgement of, you know, like... Yesterday, I've got two weddings tomorrow. So yesterday I had um not two weddings, but tomorrow and the day after. And I yesterday I had both bride and grooms like message me separately about just little little random things. And I'm just as soon as I saw them, like I don't like to pull my phone out at a wedding, but in the break or wherever, you know, you get a quick odd moment. Um, I just said, like, hey, at wedding, we'll call you later this evening. And then as long as you, they know that you're uh, you've acknowledged them, I think they feel like a peace of mind rather than like I know so many suppliers and like because my clients tell me. That that man, they just don't get to get get back to them, and like communication was like just a complete headache and stuff. So like, yeah, they came through in the end with, and they delivered exactly what they're delivering. But yeah, because like for a lot of people, I think you know, obviously weddings, it's the first time they're getting married, so like they don't know what to expect. Whereas like if we're a supplier, we always think, hey, yeah, look, I've got this. Like you know, I do this day in day out, but they don't know that that you've got this, and so you just have to provide a bit of like you know like yeah. solidify that you've got this and just yeah just and just communicate with them yeah because at the end of the day like they they come for your service and um yeah. you know there are people that's going to come to you because they like your photos there's going to people there's going to be a lot of people that come to you because they like you as a person you know there's going to be people that come to you because they've heard things about you or some people just need a photographer it doesn't matter what style they are or you know what they can create they just need someone to fill in that gap um, so it's very easy to, you know, be on this side and not acknowledge that they have a side that they need to fulfill. So I think having that empathy towards clients is yeah. very important because like, we just have to imagine that, you know, how would we feel if we were on that side of the page? Right. Yeah. And just having that communication to just keep them like, you know, assured. And, you know, from there you kind of go. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for when I said like solidify, but like yeah, just a re you know reassure them that hey, look, everything is cool. Um, and yeah, and that's what they need, and that, just that little bit goes such a long way, you know, yeah. for them feeling like yeah, feeling good about you as well. So anyway, for people that haven't seen your work and stuff, um, like obviously definitely check it out. I'm going to drop the links in the in the description afterwards and stuff. But like, how do you describe like you know your your photographic like style, um? And like your vision, like for couples, how do you describe it? Um, I think my work is a, a bit of a blend, actually. Um, it's a it's a blend between emotions. Uh, it's an, a blend between moments, but it's also tying up this idea of uh, aesthetics behind it. Uh, uh, sort of like having this idea of creating beautiful images as as pure as possible at that moment that we capture it. Um, I like to focus on the people. I like to focus on how they feel, how they uh, reciprocate their love, uh, how they tell their story, how they're able to evoke what they feel in the moment that they feel it and uh, really tunnel it down to a point where you can actually just feel that 
and kind of blur everything else around it in some ways. So in a way, a little minimalistic, but at the same time, as much as it can be uh, pretty, you know, festival-like at the same time. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And then obviously yeah. your like massive love for color as well. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty much the, the skeleton of what I do is basically color. I think a lot of, uh, you know, I think every photographer has a way of seeing things. Some people see light first. Some people see composition first. Some people see, you know, you know, just moments and, you know, little, little like tiny ingredients of photography that people pick up and they say, this is mine. This is my favorite ingredient. I think my favorite ingredient comes from a place of color. It's okay. it kind of like roots back to where I came from. Um, so I was born in Sri Lanka and I was I was brought up there. And for me, I was constantly, um, you know, exposed to color, exposed to a uh, feeling of light and feeling of, you know, festivities and, you know, culture. Yeah. So when I migrated to the UK, that was all muted. Um, so everything became a little mundane everything became a little quieter you know so I think at the beginning when I was actually uh, trying to do photography or feel photography I think the idea was to just kind of like bring in that excitement back to the photographs that we're doing right and I think as photographers we all kind of do that we bring in our roots to what we do so it's just me bringing color into it. It's just my favorite ingredient. And I use that as a skeleton and a backbone to build layers afterwards. So that that's what you see first, essentially, is like color. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really cool. I mean, like uh, most people, obviously, like you said, their answers would have been like light moment or composition. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, to see color first is, is very different. Me and you, we both work in very colorful environments, you know, basically doing Asian weddings and, and stuff like that. So like which is why actually I really prefer like I love like shooting English weddings and sometimes and like Jewish weddings when I get the chance because I love yeah. the muted tones I'm like I'm all about that like my yeah. flat when I before I moved and even actually this house is like everything all the walls and all my color is like muted which is like what I'm a big fan of and then like but then like oh I hear other photographers always say like oh I love to shoot Indian weddings all the color all the thing and I'm like I'm done with color personally I'm like <laughs> give me the muted tones and give me emotion that's what I'm there for it's like the, the like the flip. So obviously, like you know, yeah, you shoot mainly like Asian weddings, South Asian weddings, Indian weddings, Tamil weddings, however you want to call it, like, and like, which is very similar to me. So like, when we're um, you know, the, the process of like the whole the actual wedding itself, like, is very, I want to say like contrived, but there's a very there's a template. So like, there's a entrance or a barat. There's like you know the um the veil the bride coming down and the aisle and stuff like that and then the pharaohs and and all of this stuff and same with like sri lankan weddings Tamil weddings they all have like a, a similar like template so how do you stay fresh and like creative do you know what I mean like how do you find that something new or something different like at each wedding to like deliver to your clients because i i only realized this this is a bit of a tangent but i only realized how many how similar every single wedding is when i'm doing my best of blog post every year and i go through and i narrow it down to 400 images and i'm like man it's like 300 Kodakodi photos in here because that's where all the emotion is, right? Like people that don't know, the Kodakodi is a ring game where there's like always laughter, a lot of emotion and like fun and expressiveness. Like it's, yeah, so that that's what I mean. But, you know, so how do you, how do you like stay fresh and creative like at each wedding, you know, to bring something different out for your client? I mean, again, that that comes with the idea of the colors they bring to my palette. So, okay. um, so since I work with that, 
as my main source of like uh, creativity. Whenever I see um, what the you know the couple or the bride or the family bring into the frame, it's always about how they um, you know put that together. And it's not just the idea of just capturing it. For me, I can be taking the same you know Dali shot a hundred times. Dali is this uh, special sort of a chain that you know the, the Tamil wedding uses to you know call it the wedding basically it's yes it's the ring of the south asian industry um but you know you can take the same shots so many times but when you vary like you have a variation of lighting and color or you're painting the light uh, the colors with the light um you're already making a different image you're already making uh you know a variation of what you've already made so i think that really does play a vital role like um the ambience yeah you know these colors bring to the palette um and how they actually help personify these couple you know it's it's a lot of people it's very hard for me to explain because i'm such a visual person sometimes like it's so easy to go and just do right like we're yeah. so used to doing it it's become like a mental template to us sometimes actually explaining that to someone it can take that you know it becomes a little abstract right then i could just be saying things and you could be like hey what are you talking about right but i think what i'm really trying to say here is that there is a way to tie in all these ingredients together and when we take that final piece and we go home and we edit it i think that's where we really play around with you know making it different to the first time or the second time yeah because those ingredients really do have to work together to create that difference if they don't you could be producing the same thing over and over again not realizing um that's what i say i'm a little bit of a blend of everything i'm not like too tied up in this one corner sometimes you'll see like i'm doing really bold shadow uh kind of photography and sometimes you'll see them being a very dreamy airy kind of photography so i think that's what allows me to change from time to time really yeah no yeah, yeah that makes sense at weddings, do you bring like your own lighting? Like, do you do off-camera flash? Do you light the ceremony and stuff uh, or video light? Like what, what's your go-to? I mean, if the lighting is, you know, obviously not good and playing in your favor. Uh, to be honest, I usually communicate with the videographer on the day to see what they're bringing on board because there's no point me bringing anything if they're oh, already yeah. finding a way to light that up. Just makes life a little bit more easier. <laughs> and yeah, secondly, definitely. if, you know, if what they're bringing um, isn't enough, then I usually use off-camera flash on top of it. Um because it gives me enough lighting to paint my colors on Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, that is the main thing that I use. I don't use anything else extra. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, I do, I do the same. Like if I know the videographer and they're going to light it well for me, then there's no point me. But then if it's a videographer that I've never worked with before and I'm like, oh man, I don't know what their kit will be like if they're going to light it. Like it's always just sitting in the boot of my car. It's probably yeah. been sitting there for the past like year. I need to really should be charging those batteries because it's just probably drained from sitting in there. But <laughs> like, because I've never had to use them. And especially now with high ISO as well, like, which is like, obviously I shoot like a lot of my ceremonies are like 3,200 or 6,400. Like sure. just with the normal natural light, I don't even bother with like lighting as much. Yes. Actually, that's pretty much similar to me as well. If I could avoid off-camera flash, I would avoid it by, you know, by far. Um, I use as much as I can with natural lighting just because I, the colors that I work with really allow me to manipulate the colors how I want it to be um, with natural lighting. And I feel yeah. like it's a little bit more enriching 
in the tones that we create. Whereas when we use a flash, you're already making it extremely sharp and clean that the colors don't have or will not allow you for that depth to be created. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get that. Like, yeah. so with your editing and stuff, so do you edit yourself or AI? No, I edit myself. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'll throw that AI in because it's such a yeah, hot topic. I mean, it will be for like the future, but yeah. So you haven't used AI then, by the way. I, I've tried the, you know, the new uh, beta app see how it is it's yeah it's interesting i think if you use it right you can let it help you but i still think there's so much you know it needs to develop over oh, time yeah. it's, it's not perfect as yeah, you can no. tell oh you're talking about the it can the really help you. yeah the exactly. generative ai yeah 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 but it can really help you like uh ease the pain sometimes like for example you know you have someone holding the light for you and yeah. you ask you know, AI to remove that guy instead of going there and, you know, doing it Cloning. by hand. Yeah. Two seconds and you're ready and you're done. So Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I've used it for to like clone out a couple of things just yesterday, actually. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it's like magic. It literally. Right, exactly. But, but I just wish they would bring, I hope they bring that into Lightroom because I just, I hate switching between apps. I don't, I'm, I'm one oh, of yeah? those people. I just like stick with Lightroom. Like now that the Hill tool has become really good in Lightroom, I'm like, don't need to actually Photoshop anything and and use Photoshop. But now that this has come out, I'm like, oh, actually, you know, fire extinguishers and stuff like that. Sometimes I be, I do like to keep some of that stuff in because I think those things will change in time. And it's like, it's like a bit of a timestamp of when the wedding was shot. But sometimes I want to remove them. And yeah, but what I was trying to ask was like, do, have you not tried like image and AI or Aftershoot or anything else to like edit your images then? Or I I have not. No, not till now. I mean, I, I do want to. Yeah. Um, I do want to try it, but I, I haven't had the chance to do it yet. Um, I think I'm very comfortable with the idea of doing what I do so far. And I do need to kind of like push out of it and just see what they feel like. Maybe they can make like ease my workout, but yeah. you know, you just need that push sometimes, right? Yeah. You need something like, Hey, just do it, man. I mean, so, I mean, I'll be honest, like I used it two years ago because when I was doing like 40 weddings because of all the postponements from COVID, um, it got me out of a fix in in like in my head, like you know, it was just draining mentally. So I did like I did a fair few weddings, and then I did five or six, and I just like basically emailed those galleries with just like scrolling through and having a quick check, and and the clients still love the photos. But to be fair, now but since then I've not used it again because I'm like enjoy shooting and I enjoy the editing process. And like if you get it right in camera, like it's not. If they had, if they could do the straighten tool with AI, because that's magic in in image and AI, like yeah. it straightens the backgrounds. Like if you're taking group photos in the Mundup or whatever, you know, just and you're totally a little bit off, like it just corrects it. If they could just do that in Lightroom, yeah, it'd be so sweet. But yeah, I, I just found the time taken to do AI editing and then going back through everything and then putting my own little edits on it. And I I do a lot of like. Yeah, I don't know whether you do as well, but like I, I use a gradient tool, like the linear gradient tool, a lot in a lot of my stuff and like AI can't do that and it doesn't know what colors I want to do so it's like it's really difficult for me to use AI and it took me it takes me the same time basically just to edit the wedding you know right yeah so I hear, you. I hear that, you that's that was my thoughts on an AI and why I don't actually don't really use it anymore but you know but yeah definitely check it out you know you never know it could work for you and you might be like oh man this is amazing I, mean, I think no, it's still was... going to get better but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of room and space for growth. Um uh, personally I've seen I've seen my friends and colleagues use it and I, I I think it's really helped them 
especially when they have like a you know a huge amount of workload to kind yeah. of like give them a sort of a basic touch to what they want um but yeah it's true it's still tedious you still have to look through it you still have to check if it's done the job properly like you can't just you can't just close your eyes and be like it's done there's still that stepwise situation where you got to keep looking at it again and again so yeah. you're right yeah i hear that yeah like how long does it take you to edit a wedding like you know from start to finish like from culling all the way when when you your typical wedding like what's your workflow like how many do you, do you how many images do you walk out with and then like you know how how long does it take you to to edit see uh i shoot very less i don't know how i shoot i mean compared to what i hear from other photographers i shoot very less you know I, i've heard people shoot for like 16000 or like 20000 i'm like yeah 1k photos <laughs> per really? wedding yeah i no i way yeah 100% like i i just know like this is what i want this is where i'm going and this is what my client's going to really want from me and uh it's almost become like this template in my head that i know like this is what what i have to anticipate this is what i don't have to anticipate why, why do i need to spend time on this and i just create a sort of a an album in my head and i i go to the wedding and i shoot those photos except for moments where you know things can go a little you know spontaneous for example you never know yeah. when someone's going to pick someone up and throw them then you're like shooting like multiple shots at that point to make sure you got the right shot yeah but if there isn't anything else out of the norm at the wedding and as you explained earlier like we're doing the same thing every time and if it sticks to the same thing every time we're not doing anything extra apart from taking the same shots again but in a different way or in a different light or in a different point of view color or whatever that ingredient we're using to choose at that point so yeah i i shoot very less compared that, to a thousand that you're still getting away with like 64 gig sd cards i am i could go to a <laughs> wedding and just shoot and i haven't even filled up that card and i come from, yeah and i call which is pretty much you know again a standard you know a number of portraits a standard number of yeah. uh let's say at the end of the day i, I pick like about 500 600 photos um and I'm like hand editing them one by one. Yeah. So it's it's really important that I don't overdo it because at the end of the day, I'm not going to give 1,500 photos. So unless, like I said, there's that spontaneous moment, I don't see the need to do more than what I do. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, it's obviously working for you. So yeah, you know, my hat's off to you. That, that is just blow me away though. A thousand images <laughs> is crazy. And especially at a South Asian wedding, that's even crazier. I normally, I normally do that just in the prep. I mean, just just say that's just my card. If I have a second photographer, you know, he or she is shooting another, I don't know, 1,600, something like that on top. Because I tell them, please don't overshoot either because I have to yeah. still call these stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. I, it was just trying as best as I can to be as practical as possible to what I can produce at the end of the day. Yeah, so... A thousand, like this, honestly, it has <laughs> super blown my mind. A thousand, a thousand, if you take a thousand images of whatever, 1500, and like, in how many hours is this? Like, how, what's your typical wedding day? Like, is it just for uh, it can be a about 12 hour coverage? Yeah. 12 hour coverage. Yeah. Wow. I'd love to do that. <laughs> that would be I, like I know. a dream. I hear that. I hear that. It's, I don't know. Sometimes I think, uh, you know, I, I've become a little bit more, uh, let's say, experimental now than I have ever been. I used to yeah. shoot like 
I, I shoot a little bit more than a thousand, maybe a thousand five hundred on top. Let's say I'm pushing that much now, but like uh, before, yeah, never used to be. Now I'm a little bit more aware. Like I think as you know, we grow and as we become more aware of what we like and what we want, you know, we kind of push our boundaries a little bit. But I still don't hit the two k mark. Wow. Yeah. Literally, you've just blown my head apart. I've run out of anything to ask you now. Just end this here. (laughs) I don't don't even know what to say. I'm just like a thousand. This is like, wow. You know, every year I I say to myself, hey, like, all right, this is the year. Not going to shoot over 10,000 at a wedding. Not going to shoot over 10,000 at a wedding. And yet the cameras become faster, the shutter becomes faster, and there I am coming back with twelve to four. I, I do twelve to fourteen thousand images in a in a in a wedding. Um, yeah, like and which seems like a lot, but it's because I shoot through moments and really and truly. Yeah, when I break it down, it's like eight hundred sets of photos. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's yeah. not like all over the place i'm not like there's not like different different things or whatever it's just like 800 sets of photos and then i'm picking the best ones and i like you know it's only it's a fresh in my head from the numbers because of yesterday's wedding from culling it but like you know then it then i bring it down to like so i did like 12 well less than twelve thousand, but like no yesterday i did like eight thousand because it's just wedding only and i brought it down the number to like 700 so and then when i edit now it'll probably be about 600 because i i loosely cull but the culling doesn't take as long as what people may think. Like it takes me about two hours or less. Yeah. So, because I know what I want afterwards, but it's the shooting through the moment is like, is where I, and, but yeah, every year anyway, I've gone on right tangent, but like every year, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll shoot less this season. I'm going to shoot less. And like, yeah, I still shoot just as much, you know, it's like crazy, but yeah, man, a thousand to 1500. My pre-wedding. So what, what on a pre-wedding shoot? Cause I know you travel like everywhere for pre-wedding shoots, like abroad and stuff like that. Like how are you on pre-shoots then? I mean, I, I keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. No. Can you imagine? 50 yeah. and I'm done. Yeah. My life would be hundred percent easier than I think it is. <laughs> yeah. No, no but I, how many, how many? I keep it to the same because I think with pre-shoots, okay. what, um, it's a little bit more different for me is that it's uh, open to again spontaneity at any point. Um, same with weddings, but with weddings, I think you know I know that's a shot. I know he's going to put the ring on his you know the toe. I know he's going to get yeah. the dolly on. Five shots of that, six shots of that, because I know I'm taking five. I know my second photographer is taking five, or yeah. I'm taking ten and he's taking ten. Or you know, at the end of the day, we're both going to have double the amount of work that we need in any case with different angles, let's say. Um, but with the pre-shoots, I'm a bit more because um, it's just me, first of all, most of the times I go on my own. And secondly, because, you know, imagine doing a spin shot. Yeah. You want to make sure you got the right spin shot at the end of the day and you don't know in which shot, you know, they've got their eyes open or which shot they're smiling or so you you do multiple shots at that point. So whereas with, you know, at the wedding, it's they do it or they don't. Yeah, yeah. Man, curated. Um, apart from the couple shots and then the portraits in the morning. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still crazy. I mean, look, do you always work with a second shooter then, like every single wedding? Or yeah, usually, usually it's uh, it's it just allows for enough coverage. And uh, there's certain things like I would like to put my energy towards, which is like actually capturing moments and you know like 
when people are actually interacting and focusing on things that I can be more creative with. Whereas, you know, I'll, I'll have my second photographer doing that plus, you know, family shots, group shots, the safe shots. Exactly. Just yeah. allows me the energy and time to do things that I want to do too. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool. I was also, man, still, still a thousand <laughs> images still blowing me away. It's literally like, you know, crazy, crazy. This that's going to stick with me for like ever now. I, I will get better. I promise. I will. No, no. You more. should totally should not be shooting more. The, the whole the whole idea would be to actually shoot less. So right. I mean, everyone wants to shoot less. No one wants to shoot more. I mean, I don't oh. think so. Unless I've got that like, the wrong way around in my head. But no, I'd rather shoot less than more all the time. Less is more. So. I mean, you know. yeah, you're right. But, you know, sometimes you see the other side of the coin and you say, hey, like, what if I did shoot more? What if there is things that I am not seeing because I'm not shooting more? Do you know what I mean? Um, you guys, I, I feel like if you're shooting a lot, you have the benefit of, oh, yeah, I have this and that too, which, to be honest with you, is great too. I, I see there's pros and cons on either sides. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it's really, it depends on how you want to do it at the end of the day. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I mean, like, I, also like you know what you're saying is like yeah you you might think to be fair like i reckon if we both shot the same wedding we we would we would probably have a, a pretty similar set of photos because as i said i might be shooting all these extra images but there are, are there are in sets i'm not running around like a headless chicken like oh my god that uncle and auntie are hugging over there oh my god that's over there and and running around the whole wedding hall just right. shooting like sixteen thousand or twelve thousand different images they are pretty much like if I look at it on contact sheet basis, like they're pretty much all the same, like solid sets, you know? Exactly. The template, we, we follow a template. And yeah. at the end of the day, I have given like, uh, before I used to give my clients 1,500 photos and they were like, I don't know what to pick. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go with this. Like, yeah. actually, this is a lot of photos, Susanna. And I sat there going, what? Is yeah. this a lot for you? Like, you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm giving them so much. They must be happy. And then they're like, this is too much. And I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> so I've really like concentrated my choices by, because if I have more choices, the problem is I like giving more. Yeah. So I concentrate my choices so I don't give them more and I can actually focus and funnel my shots to exactly what I want to give them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. So, but like, so at weddings and stuff like that, like, how do you handle, like, I don't know, say if you've got like a moment of like creativity block or, you know, just mm. like you're feeling uninspired, like, what do you do to like, because obviously at every wedding, your clients book you and they see what you're putting on Instagram and on the website. So they're expecting the same level of Susanna at every single wedding. So, like, you know, so how do you handle like creative blocks and like, you know, when just like moments are like just elusive and then just not coming to you? I think it really is in the first uh, hour that you get to spend your time with the bride and uh, at some point catch the groom because I'm always at the bride's house in the morning, yeah. right? So it's that conversation that I have with the bride that really helps me follow up at the wedding. Um, and even before that, when we have the consultation, actually getting to know who they are, you know, how did they become, you know, this couple? What is their story? Why am I telling them? their story what is the reasoning behind that and why did they pick me why yeah. am I sitting here out of all these photographers that they could have chosen why am I doing this for them that question rings a lot during the wedding that I'm shooting 
And the more I answer it, the more I realize what this story is, the more I, you know, allow myself to feel like this is the ambience, this is the situation, this is what they've created. You can't create, you know, some luxury wedding out of a simple temple. No. Yeah. You have to shoot the temple as a temple. And the more we realize that, the more we humble ourselves with the idea that this is just a temple wedding. It just needs to feel like a temple and just capture the ambience and the emotions of these couple. You're actually not fighting yourself at this point. You're actually just giving them a story of what they have, you know, given you, really. You're just reflecting as a mirror back to them. Hey, this is, but the only difference is you're using your little ingredients to make that story look, feel, and, you know, actually create better for them. Yeah. So I, I just don't believe the need to fight what you have. Just work with what you have. And um, at the end of the day, when you know how to come home and color it, uh, edit it, because that's your final magic touch at the end. So once you do that, I think anything can look great. But if I do come across like a creative blog, which usually is, you know, when it becomes a little mundane, um, it's usually just, again, reeling back to my head going, this is their story. This isn't your story. Stop getting blocked by the idea that this has to be the way you want it to be. No, this yeah. is about how they want it to be. Just go and shoot it. So that's what it is. So well, I've got two questions from this actually, but like one, one of them is, um. so when you have these consultations, like with your bride and groom, by the way, that is the polar opposite of what I do. Um, I don't get involved in their story, funnily enough or anything. I'm yeah. like, you, my my whole like sell to couples is is pretty much like, if you like the photos on my website, you guys go get married and I'm going to create just as like amazing photos for you, like without sounding arrogant, if that makes sense. Like I'm going to, you know, you just guys have a great day and just get married and be you. And I'll be there to take photos of you getting married. But like, so, because I, I did used to do the thing of like, you know, getting to know them and stuff like that. And I used to really pitch like pre-wedding shoots and mm -hmm. all of this stuff. But I think like, as I got married, had a family, like certain things have to like, you know, there's limitations of how many, I can't do 30, 30 weddings and then 30 pre-wedding shoots along with 30 Mendy parties. It's just, I'd never be at home. It just doesn't work for me. So, um, but like, yeah. So what do these consultations and stuff? Like how do you do them? Like just a couple of months before or a month before their wedding. So then you get to know them, you know, so because obviously like, how would you remember, you know, like each couple doesn't make sense. So do you do it quite close to their the wedding? Um, yeah. Um, Usually they book in like a, a sort of a Zoom call, uh, which is our initial um, meeting. So I kind of get to know them there, just kind of like get to see who they are and what kind of, you know, first of all, individual personality yeah, and then uh, combined personality. Because I think it's very important to know each person as an individual and how they have their own kind of aura and then how they work together at the end of the day. Because at the end... Uh, at the end of the day, what we're capturing is a story that they they want us to capture. So sometimes, you know, we have clients that say, oh, this doesn't feel right or this isn't what I want. Um, it's because they have expectations. And, you know, I just kind of like tap into their minds and see what could be the expectations, you know, what could be. It's not like what it is, but more like what could it be? Um, and I just take a piece of that and I put it in my pocket. And then when I go to like, for example, the bride's house, um, then I look around her room. I look at what she reads, what kind of color she has in her room, uh, 
is she someone a little bit more what kind of character that she brings to herself um you know you you pick up little ideas when you get to see their room right because that's literally their little sanctuary yeah so then i carry that to the wedding and bring those two characters together or sometimes i get to go to do the pre-shoot where again i get to you know communicate with them so much and really spend time with them we we bond so much over that time we actually become friends in the shoot yeah yeah um, I'm so attached like at the end of the wedding it's an emotional goodbye from the photographer to the clients right it's like yeah uh, do I get to see you again I'll see you at the next <laughs> wedding somehow you know it's it's that so I, I I believe in building that relationship and when 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 I build a relationship I get to you know actually tell them how their relationship is too yeah so that's just the kind of way I work you know this i don't think there's a right or a wrong way of doing it it's just a is an easy way of me see how i can capture that certain amount of photos that i can it's it this allows me to do that too because i know yeah. hey this is them that's them bang 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 i'm done yeah nice i mean yeah probably what i said sounds kind of cold of the way i said it but like <laughs> But what what i meant was like i do get to know them i don't get to know them like and their story but i do like it's always a like a, yeah a really good hug goodbye an emotional goodbye especially if you've done a pre-shoot with them especially if you've done a destination pre-shoot then yeah you 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 automatically become friends and like yeah. you know my whole business is like basically pretty sure yours is probably the same it's just based around referrals anyway like 95% is referrals like 1% is instagram and 4% is probably seo like the rest is and um, maybe another 8% sorry should i say is like from suppliers or vendors but generally it's like from relationships that I've forged at the wedding and stuff like that. And really yeah. like just basically on the wedding day, not being a dick helps, <laughs> you know, like a lot of people get caught up in like the wedding is about them as a supplier or whatever, like, you know, rather than uh, it's about the couple. And I think like, as long as they know it's about them and which it is about them, then, you know, they, 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 they appreciate that and they, they understand that. And then they become like closer to you and refer you and stuff like that as well. So you know, yeah. yeah, I definitely do have a relationship, but just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I stopped doing those consultations a while back. I find it freeing as well to not know what I'm stepping into, like in, in yeah. a weird way. Like, I wonder how this is going to be and like what they're going to be like. And then I'm like, ah, yes, this was amazing. Or, ah, wasn't as good as I, like, sometimes I've hyped myself up as well, knowing that, oh man, they're such a fun couple. Oh, and also the other thing is that obviously via Instagram or any social media, you follow what they do. So you kind of get a sense of who they are and what they're into and but then like on the wedding day it could be the complete opposite because it just like, happens that's the wedding days ended up like that you know no so. I absolutely agree with you and I I really again like I said I don't think there's a right or a wrong way of doing any of this it's just um yeah this is that, when you mentioned the excitement you know that's the kind of excitement I have for the aesthetics of the day because I'm yeah you know, a part of me is really worried I'm like oh will I be okay with the colors that they put on the palette am I going to be able to achieve you know, because I have an idea, I have this kind of thing, you know, I go there, I'm like, could it be like this? Could it be like that? I'm already imagining in my head, but then you go there and it surprises you and you're like, whoa, I've got something exciting to work with now, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think both ways, anyways, as long as it, you know, allows you to be creative in that, you know, that field, then it works. Yeah, for sure. So like my other like question was when we were talking about the like mental blocks and stuff is it's like, you know, like obviously you're doing like all the portraits like you're doing pre-shoots or whatever but like say say you've got like you know how do you keep yourself 
like fresh, like with portraits and stuff like that. So like, again, this is something that I've realized in my best of as well, you know, like, oh man, my poses are pretty much all the same because like just the, the location is different, but like, you know, like how do you like stay fresh or creative, you know, just to give something, the couple, something a bit different, you know, I mean, it could be the environment and stuff, but like, is there anything else that you do or think or like, yeah, what, what yeah. helps you to create? I used to be uh, a person that stuck to a pattern, which is pretty much use one ring light, put them against the wall, get that neat, clean shot, and you're out. You know, (laughs) that that was me for a very long time. Uh, But, you know, as I grew in this uh, field, as I grew as a person, and as I grew as a person who started to actually, you know, open my mind and knowledge to other things, um, in particularly trying to go to galleries, you know, reading books about photography and actually uh, getting involved in arts that are not wedding photography, let's say, um, that really helped me see things very differently. It really helped me see um, that you can actually use that light in the corner of the room to create something really cool. Because I've seen it in, you know, this music video, let's say, Or I go to a room and I'm like, oh, this ambience is really nice. We can actually do something creative with this. I started to really open up my mind more than I used to because, you know, I feel like I was circulating in this, you know, vicious little circle of, yeah, get your shot. It's pretty. It's beautiful. They'll like it. We're out. Like, we don't have time because, you know, Hindu weddings, like, they can be really, really, you know, (laughs) stressful in the morning. Right. Yeah. So time you just like you just got to do it and get out but I kind of like push for that a little bit more now I actually allow myself to see things actually walk around the room and see or the building and say hey look this is available that is available this light is working let me go and see what she's wearing what color sari is she wearing oh okay this is her color based on her color I will then look at locations that will match or work in harmony for that um, then I think about how I can use light to paint her yeah. or paint those colors, um, whether it be outside or whether it be inside. Um, but I think that is mainly it. trying to like bringing the aesthetics from the world to come together uh, organically as possible. I think um, that's me trying to push a little bit more out the pushing out myself comfort zone. Yeah, a little bit more creative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it just been recent that you've been trying to push yourself out of this comfort zone? I would say it's been from the last nine months that I've become a little bit more uh, creative in that field. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What do you think has made you do that? You know, like. I think a lot of things, in particularly the idea of going out and learning, not being in this not being in the uh, system of wedding photography has really helped me. Not just seeing what wedding photography looks like or what wedding photography feels like. It's more about, hey, let's go out and see things that are not wedding photography, you know? Um, that is a little bit more to do with art, a little bit more to do with editorials. Like, there's so much, like a vast amount of knowledge out there that we don't really go out to do. Yeah. But when we do it, you, you, you bring a piece of that back with you. And then you can actually add that to your, you know, your board of ingredients and create what you want to create from there. I think it's really a lot to do with being exposed to ideas that are not just in the wedding industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. I think like one of those things is like, we always, we, 
and what you said earlier is like true is like we just get stuck in that cycle of like we know that our autopilot is probably is good enough for the clients and it's breaking out of that autopilot you know I, i was like that about before covid actually just before covid i was feeling the same way like it's like almost too easy if that makes sense like and and then obviously you get the like imposter syndrome like how are people paying you to do this like you know i'm but then and then like during covid i was actually well not during covid but like i was before covid happened i was getting excited to shoot that season but then i went back into autopilot the year after like 2021 because like had too many weddings it was overwhelming it's just giving me anxiety, which is why I use like AI to like edit and stuff like that. But then, but then like now and like last year and then this year, I don't know, I feel like there's like a new lease of life. Like I'm seeing, and even like, like you say, like, yeah, I'm not really into like art galleries and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just not me. I just never understand it. And then like mm-hmm. me personally, like, I don't want to read a story about the art. I just like, you know, I need to understand it when I see it, like more visual. So I prefer like watching like films or documentaries or like music videos are like awesome because the lighting is just insane. Um, But like, yeah, I I, I find stuff from there, which is like helps me to like just see things better. I had a point of this, by the way, I was going somewhere with it and I've totally (laughs) lost my train of thought because for some reason I was thinking as much as you see all these complex lighting things, this is so random. Do you know how hard it is to light a scene in these tenders? to make daylight look like daylight it's crazy yeah oh. <laughs> like I, that's that's what was going through my head not that i watch eastenders i stopped watching that like 15 years ago but i was just thinking you know like how many lights they use to make something just look like daylight how hard it is oh it's i mean i i was i went and assisted um a movie that they were making here in in the uk a south asian movie and i i was only there for a day and I sat there going, holy damn, like to take that one shot of that one moment with the right light hitting them, yeah. how many takes, it took them three hours to get that one shot. And I sat there going, I appreciate you, my dear filmmakers, like yeah. I really do. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you really start to understand, you know, it's so easy to be like, ah, this is crap. But the amount of work that goes behind it, like... I am humbled. Like, I'm sorry, but it's, I, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> no, it's true. No, it's just that because, you know, like a lot of photographers are like, oh my God, have you watched this? And have you watched that? Like, have you seen the lighting in that? It's so amazing. And like, yeah, dramatic lighting is like amazing. But then it's like, have you seen the lighting in EastEnders? They don't do that in daylight, you know? They actually like light all that shit up to like make it look like daylight and make it look sort of mundane and eastender if that makes sense. Like yeah. that is skill there you know <laughs> like, yeah, that, it truly is to make it look exactly like that every time <laughs> yeah it's all right man so i i honestly did have another question that was following on from that question and i've totally forgotten like you know what that question was so i'll just like ask something a bit more random but like you know talking about like challenges and stuff like that like what's like the toughest challenge that you faced like have you got a story or a moment or something that sticks out and you're like oh man this was really tough and then like how you overcame it and you know I think uh, the challenges, I think there's a spectrum of challenges that I've gone through, but um, the one that really stood out for me was this idea at the very beginning of my career is um, when people see you produce a certain type of work, they believe that is the type of work you can produce anywhere. Um, 
That was a huge challenge for me at the beginning because I couldn't give weddings that had a huge, you know, ceiling venues the same kind of lighting that a, you know a smaller venue with a you know a lower ceiling. You know, it just it was just not the same, and people wanted exactly that, and I was like. Now, how do I communicate this to them and actually explain to them, you know, and even if I did, it just didn't make sense to them because they're like, oh, you know, we still want this. This is what we came here for. Um, but I later realized how I overcame that um, throughout, you know, the years that I've been doing what I'm doing is mainly that communicating that before you actually do the wedding, yeah. <laughs> right? Because, um you know, a lot of people get really confused. Why do we ask you, like, what venue you're shooting at? You know, why are you asking me what colors are you bringing to this? Why are you asking me what color my sari is? Why? Like, people have this curiosity because I question everything. I'm like, what is the, what are your bridesmaids wearing? Like, what is your, you know, your family? Are you, are you coordinating or are you not coordinating? I ask a lot of questions before yeah. I go to the wedding, just so I have a mental idea of how I can tell them how this works. Um you know, or if they need any help with ideas of colors, because that's something that I am really good at. So, you know, I give them some ideas sometimes and they're like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, but at the beginning, that was not the case, right? Like you just, you were this quiet, humble photographer and you would just go in and just do what they told you to do. And you'd walk away and that was frightening at the beginning because, you, you know, you couldn't give them exactly the same thing as before or as the others. And they would be really upset about it. Um, but yeah, just having that communication and telling them, look, this is the colors you're bringing to the palette. This is how it may look if we have this lighting or if we have that lighting. And this is the kind of outcome that I can also give you based on what the venue is like. Um, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Actually, that's cool. And there's been times when I had to shoot at a museum, like the V&A museum once. And, you know, that is not an easy place. It's no. a grand place to shoot. It's like everyone goes, wow. But realistically, photography wise, it's actually a very hard place to shoot. So I would be like, hey, look, we can create this kind of images. They might be a little noisy sometimes. Like they may have this, a grain, whatever. Are you okay with it? Like this is what's going to happen. And they'll be like, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. You know what? You know what you're doing. That's fine. I'm happy with whatever that comes out of it. Yeah. That assurance, I think, is an overcome and is a good outcome at the end of the day. So you, so you actually mentioned to them that it might be grainy or noisy and stuff like that. Yeah, 100%. I, I do. Okay. Anyway, because I feel like I don't like the idea of shocking them. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I feel like the more we feed them the knowledge of what we do or what we can produce, the more they can understand it without um, cutting it, without actually looking at it and going, what, what did I just receive? Yeah, a lot of people don't understand what a glare is. They're like, "Why is this photo got a glare?" Like, what is this shiny thing in the end of your shot? I'm like, "It's a glare." Like, yeah. they're like, oh, "Why is it there? Is that is that a a dirt mark?" They don't get that, right? Like, a lot of people don't understand this, and I think awareness and a little bit of knowledge helps them just be like, "Ah, oh, that's cool." So they don't cut it off and be like, "It's not art," or "This is not what it is," because. You know, we don't know everything and they might not know everything either. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that makes like total sense. I mean, I've, I always think that unless you're shooting another photographer's wedding, you know, they're not really pixel peepers. So they wouldn't even notice or know what grain is. 
So yeah. I'd never go into that level of detail <laughs> to tell them that, hey, but to be fair, I have had clients now and again, because when you're shooting through something or whatever, they're like, have you got this without, you know, this shiny, like, why is it like this? And I'm like, mm, not really. That's how I took that photo. They're like, you know, what filter did you put on there? <laughs> like, can you, can you remove it, please? And I'm like, mm, that's actually how I took the photo. They're like, that's not a trick. And I'm like, no, that is me taking the photo. So unfortunately, you're going to have to like deal with it. But I mean, it's why I also like, I always make sure like, I guess if it's an important moment to always take, get a safe one before I start getting all creative, if if there's enough time for maneuver in that, in that moment or whatever, you know? So like, no, I, yeah, yeah doesn't, doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And you know what? Everyone is now on social media and is an Instagrammer. And so they have this basic level, like of knowledge of photography too. <laughs> like, yeah. They're all figuring things out. So like grain is now pretty much a known thing. Like like common people like that don't do photography know what grain is because they add grain to their pictures to look good on Instagram. So yeah, like, true. you know, just making sure that those who are still aware of it or not aware of it, just giving them that little bit of key saying, hey, this can look like this. So it's not a bad photo. It just means the lighting is like this, you know, just to keep them assured, you know. Yeah. Have you ever had someone add grain to your images on their Instagram feed? Not add grain, but have added different colored filters. Yeah. 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 That hurts. It hurts. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah, you can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. It means it just means that they loved your image, but just like, you know, and they wanted to put it there, but then they'd like, on my, my wife brightens all my photos up if i take anything like she has she literally goes into her photo editing app on her iphone and, and makes it a bit brighter she's like these are too dull so you know i live with that every single day and this true story you have a critique inside the house. oh no yeah 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 people in nine dots know my wife's a very harsh critique she's she's actually like what like when she sees me editing and she sees photos she's like why are they post like that that's like are they are they friends or are they husband and wife? And like, why are they doing that? And like, you know, this is so dark and this is so moody. And she's like, oh, I wouldn't want that. Like, but she doesn't look good. It's like, she's, I'm like, I didn't ask for any of your opinions. I thought that was actually a really good photo. But now it's like, okay, maybe I'll call it. <laughs> like, thanks for that. They won't see that photo. But no, she's a harsh critique. But you know what? Like, to be fair, she doesn't see it from a photography perspective. She actually sees it from just like a, like just like you know normal perspective and I, and I and yeah I love her like critiques when she goes through it she like rips into it and it's like I'm happy for it because it makes me better to be fair like she helped me pose better that's for sure yeah 100% yeah yeah just like telling me what looks a bit more like masculine feminine and everything in between you know like yeah. whereas I, I couldn't see that before but now I can so yeah um oh what was I gonna say so like yeah so when it comes to like editing obviously because you know, that's your like magic sprinkle. And that's also, by the way, like one reason that I don't use AI for editing because that's my touch and I enjoy editing and I enjoy like listening to a podcast or whatever and editing and putting my own spin on every single image because then I know that every single image is good. Like rather than, I think like with AI for me, it's just like applying a fancy base preset. But if you've got a good base preset and you're shooting correctly, I don't know. It doesn't take me like, long to edit a wedding so like you know like how, how long does it take you how long does it take you to edit a wedding how many images do you deliver from your thousand images like 980 
just like 20 bucks. Imagine. Bad yeah. No, no how, I, how did you, yeah. How, you know, tell me your whole process, like quickly, not like in um, detail, but you know. I mean, I would, I would, I'd just call it down to as much as I can, at least around 500. Okay. Like 500 is a good set of number, like to give the clients, um, yeah. minusing the group shots, by the way. Um, okay. Then uh, I would just put it through Lightroom, you yeah. know, get my, you know, my presets on there. And I hand edit every single photo because like I say, I shoot based on, I know how I'm going to edit it. So I know what's going to be the outcome. So I use lighting or I use um, flash or whatever to accommodate my editing. Cause I think it's really important that I can come home and work on it properly. So I do that and then uh, I export them. Then if I, if I really like certain images and I really want to bring out certain details, I actually take them onto Photoshop afterwards okay. and do the nitty gritty detail stuff on there. I find using Photoshop a lot more manual and a lot more handheld. I feel like I'm using a manual car with the Photoshop. With, with yeah. Lightroom, I feel like I'm on automatic and it, sometimes it can be a little hard for me, but I really like using Photoshop. So I you know transfer some of the photos over there, get some stuff done on that and then you know, retouch a little bit and then that's it. It goes up online for them to download. Yeah. How, how like uh, soon after their wedding do they get their images? So I give them a turnaround time of three months. Um, yeah. But depending on how busy I am or not, sometimes they get it within a, like within a month, sometimes within two months. It takes me about, realistically, if I put my head down, I can call in four hours. Um, I'm talking about my card, my second shooter's card, the reception, you know, anything, right? Yeah. And then uh, editing will take me um, another three hours to do. If it's 500 photos, three hours. And then uh, then I leave it. Then I don't I don't look at it for like a few days. And okay. Then I go back before I export it out of um, Lightroom. I leave it. I, I leave it. And then I come back to it. I look at them like, oh, look at that. The color's a bit weird here now. Let me just change that. Oh, it's a bit too, you know, yellowy or a little bit too green. Let me just yeah. tweak that. It allows me to, because I see colors so prominently, it allows me to walk away from it, you know, reset my eyes for a few days and come back. When I see it, I see completely different colors. I see like things that I did too much or I over, you know, worked on something. Then I get them, I get those sorted out and then then I export yeah, it. That's cool, actually, coming back to it afterwards. I I don't think I could do that. I don't know why. I've never tried, to be fair. I do that with, like, when I, I, like, make music as a hobby and stuff. But, like, if I think I've finished a track, I literally, like, let it sit for, like, a week or two weeks, and then I come back to it again, and then I'm like, oh, man, I could tweak this, tweak that. But, like, I don't know, with weddings and, like, with images, I, yeah, I've, I've never... I should really, actually, to be fair. It's a really good idea to do that. Um, and I'll probably deliver even better work to them because like, yeah, just a little bit, like a little tint or a little, you know, temperature just here and just little things that are probably a bit inconsistent um, that I could fix. But then, I, but then I don't know, part of me is always just like, does a client notice? And I'm not probably like, <laughs> probably not. And that straight away is just like, mm, you could play Zelda on the switch or you could go back to that wedding. Be like ah, the client's not going to notice Zelda on the switch. It is. No. <laughs> I mean, I think it could work both ways, really. Can you imagine, like, you did a really good job the first time, you walk away and come back and you're like, eh, let me change it. And you actually make it, like, not so good as the first time. So, yeah, I think it can work both ways. But, yeah, I just like the idea. Because 
like I said, prominently, color is what sticks out for me the most. So when I walk away and come back, it just allows me to reset the yeah. RGB in me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. It's so good yeah. that you do that. I, this is why, like, I know I talked about best off blog posts before, but this is why I love doing them as well, because then I can see the inconsistencies as well myself. And then, like, I can see, like, oh, actually, I should have cropped this a bit tighter. Or, oh, I wonder if I got the original one. Did I, like, prop it too much? And and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, do you do best of blog posts, like a yearly one, a roundup or anything or not? I, yeah, I do, actually. I, I collect photos as I go throughout the year and put them into a folder from each wedding that I yeah. really like. And then I kind of do things. But then when I look at it, I'm like, whoa, this is like, I've overly contrasted like this person's face. Like, let me decontrast. Like, there's certain things that I will see at the end of the year that I yeah. do better. Yeah. Yeah, my pro- my process for the the year off best of is exactly the same. Like I take my favorite images and they just sit in another folder, and then I can use it for whatever I want. You know, like update the website, which I should really have done about five years ago. But yeah, you know, like little things like that. So I think that's and then that, and then I go through it, and then that that's when I realized that oh man, like you know, my favorite ten moments from this wedding were very similar to the last ten moments from that wedding because that's where. Like, I think that's where I find my challenges now. Like in when I'm doing Indian weddings is like, where can I find different moments that, that tell a different story, which isn't part of the main timeline, but sits with the main timeline, you know, like, but it's like off the center stage kind of vibe. And it's like, that's, that's my thinking every time I go into a, into a wedding, like to find those things, because I think, I don't know, once you've been doing it for like 10 years or whatever, it's, you can do most of the like an Indian wedding, in my opinion, in on autopilot. Like nothing changes. It's it's literally all the same. You just the people change, you know, which is where you're trying to find the different stories. But once the ceremony starts, it's dictated by the the priest. So there's only so much like you know variance that can happen. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. And you're not just working as I mean, if you're the only vendor there shooting, then yeah, okay, you're lucky. You can you can even jump behind the client and take a shot off, you know, them putting the, you know, the leg ring on or whatever. But yeah. you're actually being mindful because you have videographers there, you have other photographers, or you have people that want to see the wedding. So you are also trying to accommodate around the wedding. Yeah. In a way, you're still shooting the right things, but not getting in the way of others as well. So if you had that kind of freedom, I'm sure we would be doing all sorts of things to create all sorts of new ideas. And, you know, if, if the priest goes, yeah, why don't you do take, you know, this ritual? We can do it in this angle. Why don't we do it like yeah. that? You know, if, if he says that too, like we have a double whammy, right? But again, when you're trying to consider everything and all the parameters in, in the field that you're in, yeah, it becomes a little bit like a template that you kind of have to like, it's always the same, you know, you say Kora Kori, we have the ring fight as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's always the most exciting part of it because you're like, this is where they're going to go crazy and we can get those epic kind of fighting shots or, yeah. or you know, when the, the Thali goes, goes on the neck, it is when everyone throws the flower. This is exactly the epic moment, you know, how can I do this? It's always going to be either a shot where there's a light behind or there isn't or or some auntie is crying and you're capturing the tears along with it, or she's crying. There's literally a box of things that happen every time at every wedding for the same shot. Yeah. So you're right. It's just about different people and how they react to it and how they express their emotions to it. So we just have to kind of, we go around it and create what we can from it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, look, but mate, it's been so good like having you on here, you know, like 
been like really good to talk to you and first time we've actually spoken as well so like I yeah know. yeah <laughs> thank you for having me here <laughs> no it's been a real pleasure like it's so good to like like listen to you speak as well you know and your, and your thoughts like I said I've been following you for a while now and I'm like oh man this is right and your editing does stand out by the way it does stand out it does it does seem like you've taken a lot of care in your editing I like I'm not a pixel peeper but I can like with AI now I can kind of see people that have just run through an AI or like and oh, yeah. it seems like lazily edited sometimes on like people's Instagram feeds and stuff. Whereas yours, yeah. when I see it, I'm like, okay, no, this is, you know, it's up there. You're, you're definitely like, I can see you've put a lot of love and attention. And like, now that you said, like, you know, you come back to it and let it sit. I can see, I can see that in your images that you've done that because it is like each, like when you, I love your Instagram feed as well. I don't know. It's very original the way you you put it together, but like people should really check out your thing, your your feed in like the grid format or whatever you call it rather than, you know, image by image. But um, like it, I can see the consistency and, and the care, you know. Thank you. I really, no, it's really amazing work. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time out. And especially as you're at work as well, right? In a meeting room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It was, it was lovely. I had a really good chat and, to be honest, like you said, it's just so much nicer to learn from both sides. Like you learn so much by speaking and you also learn so much by hearing. So thank you. 